listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, after a week off, welcome back to The 30. This, of course, is a part of the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And, of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs, although... Right now, yeah, it's been a pretty pretty tough month. I think everybody around the world is, is going through it with the, with the pandemic. Um, lots to talk about in terms of what we've been seeing on the TV. I just finished wrapped up watching the uh, Last Dance, the first couple of parts on ESPN. I know it's not available all across the world yet. should be by tomorrow on Netflix in most places, uh, but we were lucky enough to see it today. Joining me, as always, for the last couple of podcasts, Anthony Irwin. Anthony, what's going on, my man? Hanging out, man. Just it was it was nice to to be able to go through something that uh, all of Twitter kind of watched collectively for the first time in what felt like years. <laughs> <laughs> it had been it had been a while since we all watched something together, and uh, and and it was fun to uh, to be able to take that in together. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I've kind of missed. Like, I think that's something we we probably took for granted during during like the games and stuff too. Is that um, it's fun watching like I. Even during, like, I'm a huge 49ers fan, and so I actually went up to San Francisco to watch watch the uh, Super Bowl. My friend lives there, uh, so I ended up staying for a couple of nights. And even then, it's like I was at a bar, and we were there for, like, four hours before the game. And I noticed throughout the first half, I'm like, this is not, kind of not the same without watching it while refreshing Twitter every three seconds. And you're getting, like, carpet burn on your thumb from <laughs> refreshing the screen so many times. But it was kind of cool to see people and, and coming up with uh, different memes and, and, and different angles on it. Uh, but we'll jump into that. First off, how you've been handling all all this that's going on in the world? I mean, I know for for a lot of people, it's definitely been um, a trying time and a, and a challenging time, you know, with with what's going on. Again, I, I will say this: I know some people don't want to hear it, uh, but stay home, man. I mean, we're trying to do our part yeah. and, and making sure that we're not we're not spreading this stuff. And and it sucks for me too. I live in a crappy little uh, studio apartment in in Los Angeles, and I don't, I don't got much uh, much room to go. But I'm trying to do my part by staying home. Uh, you've moved. How how has it been over there for you? It's been a uh, it's been a trip, you know. <laughs> uh, it's 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 been uh, it's been a journey getting out here and 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 going through all this. Uh, it's brought me and my wife closer together. Uh, I miss my my family back home a ton. All, all my friends back home a ton. Uh, but I, I do want to say, and I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't mean to bring this down a ton, but um, I had a friend. Uh, who was going through this the same way that, that that we all are going through this, and he uh, he took his own life, and and basically, you know, my message to to everybody who are listening to this right now is like, yes, this is brutal, and for a lot of people, it's it's it feels like it's never going to end. And my message to all of you who are going through this and, and, and everybody is being affected by this in some way, shape or form. And my, my, my message to everybody is just in those moments of darkness, in those moments where you feel like you're the most alone, you're not alone. We're all going through this together. And, um, you know, my buddy, Jesse, uh, we're going to miss him a ton. And I just hope that those of you who are, are going through this and, and those of you who are dealing with this, uh, I hope you all know that, you know, you're not alone and there are people who care about you and there are people who will greatly miss you. And uh, and again, not to bring this down too much. I know a lot of people are listening to this to to get away from a lot of this stuff, but this just feels really important. Uh, this is a message that I hope that that I hope a lot of people get is that we're all getting through this together and then 
you know, one day somewhere down the line, we'll all be able to to look at each other and say, hey, remember back? Remember that one fucking coronavirus thing? Remember, we all got through that together. Remember, remember how we lean on each other to get through it. I just I just hope that those of you who are going through this stuff and and those of you who feel that kind of alone, I hope you know that you're not that level alone. You're 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 not you're not alone to that extent where it's not worth it to continue fighting. We're all fighting through this together and and uh, I'm I'm going to miss Jesse greatly. Uh we're all going to miss Jesse greatly and and uh and you would be you know, you would be missed greatly if if you decided to head down that path too. So I'm sorry, Jazz. I hijacked I, I hijacked the uh, the beginning of this thing, but but it's been a brutal couple days for me, and I and 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 this is a platform that we get to share, and and I hope that uh, those listening uh, understand that this is something that we're all going to get through together. No, you know, you don't you know, have to apologize for anything. I mean, that's uh, that's I'm sorry. Most importantly, sorry for for your loss there, but. Uh... Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think I, um, you know, I think I've, uh, I've had moments too. And then, you know, we were talking a bit before we started that, yeah, it's, it's, it's wearing on me. And for the most part, I'm actually, uh, you know, I guess anybody can say this about themselves, but knowing, you know, being by myself for 36 years, I know that, you know what, for the most part, I'm, I'm usually okay. And, and during trying times. And, and I think for, for us too, we're getting, I think a lot of people are, are, uh, are getting to a point that, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to just to get through each day. And you're right. You know, if you, if you do need to talk to someone, um, you know, reach out and, and know that, know that you're, you're not alone, but it's been, uh, you know, shifting, shifting back to, to the sports world on, on things. Yeah. When do you see, when do you see this ending? Like, I know a lot of people want to see the Lakers come back. You know, Jared Dudley recently talked about it. He said, Hey, our mentality is coming in there, um, and, and trying to win a championship whenever things do resume. But when do you see that happening? Uh, What's cool is that actually this is the most optimistic I've actually ever been. Uh, so it's not a matter of if, but more when uh, do I see this coming back? It, when I, I don't I don't know if I could offer up a a concrete or definitive answer for when, but I do think eventually we are going to uh, get to a place where uh, basketball will will be returning. Uh, from from you know conversations I've had with 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 you know people uh, the way that I can. It seems like uh, the NBA is going to resume some form of uh, a conclusion to the season. So that's that's good to know. I, if I was if 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 I had a gun to my head and, and and somebody told me, hey, figure out a time when this is actually coming back. I think we go through another month or so of this. They get another couple weeks after this to uh, to get all the athletes back into some kind of shape. And then uh, they resume the playoffs. Uh, you you know, basically two months from now. What, what do you think? Are, are you as uh, as optimistic as I am? I'm. Uh, here's here's my thing on this, and and the way I've 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 looked at it. And obviously, I mean, there's nothing else to do. So, and we're sports fanatics, so we probably you know watch and read and and, and are caught up on the news, you know, all the time. And um, so I'm trying to come up with. Uh, um, a bit of a way that, that, you know, okay, like based off the information that I'm reading, kind of what, what's like the, not the consensus I would say, but from the information I'm looking at it, I, I do think it's going to be a, a state by state thing. I think the league's going to yeah. have to get really, really, really creative in terms of how they're going to play the games and keep the players basically under quarantine, you know, during this entire time. Uh, I don't anticipate them being able to travel state to state and, you know, stay at hotels and, and uh, go to an arena full of fans. I don't, I mean, the way Gavin Newsom said it here in, in California, 
uh, the governor is basically saying, you know, I would anticipate that even happening towards the the you know Thanksgiving it is one thing he said, and you've heard other experts say, you know, you're probably looking at the new year before you can get people together and in that big of a, a mass gathering. But uh, I, I do think the NBA, and this is one thing I love about Adam Silver as, as the commissioner, I think he's been so open to, to changing and progressing and, and looking at things differently. Uh, I am hopeful that we can look at getting things started. Like I think the players can start kind of maybe practicing individually on their own, maybe by beginning of June. And then you're looking at a July kind of reset. But how do you think they're going to go about it? Do you think they're just going to say, hey, we're going to play out all the regular season games? Or they're going to look at it and say, um, you know what, we're going to condense this and do a, do a, a tournament or do something smaller. How do you think they're going to proceed? I think they focused on playing 70 regular season games across each team uh, because uh, apparently that's a, that's a, an important number for a lot of these teams to get to, uh, to be able to, to, to uh, meet the requirements of their regional contracts. So I think that's, that's what we get uh, in terms of the regular season, and then look, make no like this is this is the reason why I think we're going to get basketball at the end of this year is that uh, I, I you know the, the the NBA relies heavily upon playoff revenue to be able to run year in year out. So if you're going to um, resume any kind of basketball for the next year or so, the priority is going to be some kind of playoffs to get some kind of conclusion to this year. And I think that's where that's where they'll start. So we'll get some kind of playoff this year, whether that's with uh, the normal 16 teams, whether that's uh, eight teams, whatever that looks like. But I think they're going to get some kind of a, a playoff together to get some kind of a, uh, a conclusion to this uh season not just from the standpoint of like in a normal year how much money they usually generate from uh the playoffs but this year especially you have uh two la teams potentially meeting in the um in the western conference finals you have Giannis against Giannis against uh lebron in the uh finals you have uh Kawhi potentially going against toronto again you have all these storylines, and there's legitimate doubt as to which team is actually going to win a championship this year. So I think you combine all those years, and I think the top priority for the NBA is going to be finishing this year in some way, shape, or form, some getting some kind of a conclusion to this year, and then and then kind of going from there. Yeah, I, I think that's that that is going to be the number one thing. And and you mentioned that you know all the all the storylines that, that we have because I'm you know looking at the standings, it's like. The Eastern Conference is set. I don't think any of the teams outside have to worry about it. In the West, I mean, you know, you have teams like Portland, uh, the Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings, all kind of right there. And, and so those franchises would have a gripe if they say, hey, um, we're going to just, you know, play another five games and, and get into it. So, I, I, you know, I'm wondering how they're, they're going. I mean, I want to see it be a full playoff. I wouldn't mind if they, because the first round, let's be honest, usually stinks anyways. And it has really since they mm -hmm. went to seven games in the NBA anyways. I've always preferred it to be five because, you do have a little bit more of a chance of an upset then, and it, it and really the the one seed has, for the most part usually kicks the crap out of the eight seed. We've seen that happen with the Warriors, um, saw that happen with the Cavs in the in the East as well. So shorten that to five games and then play it out seven 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 for for the final three rounds because, I mean, you want to see a team like you mentioned. There's so many teams who are viable contenders at this point. You want to see the best of them kind of come out and and see who's going to rise to the top and, and win the championship. Although, man, like, what do you expect? Because I was thinking this too from uh, 
just a general sports perspective, I mean, baseball is in a different boat as is, as is the, the NFL because, you know, baseball hadn't really gotten started and the NFL uh, won't start until, I mean, you know, the week one is usually in, in September, the first week of September. But when you're looking at uh, the, the basketball world and the hockey world, it's like you can have a team come in who is like, like the Utah Jazz who just came out of the break really hot and everybody stayed in shape. You know what I mean? Like we don't know what some of these players are doing now. I'm sure some guys are working out every day and, and still hitting the gym and lifting weights. And some guys are probably just sitting around eating pizza and having beers and passing time like the rest of us, unhealthy people uh, who sit here and talk about sports. Hmm. But um, how, like, are you anticipating that kind of happening or, or do you think it's just going to be like, all right, you know, we're going to get one of the one or two seeds in the final? Because I think something weird could happen if you're coming out of, of a break like this because it's so unprecedented. I think the Jazz are a tough example because that was kind of team zero. Oh, you know, yeah, in the yeah, NBA, course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I don't, I don't, I don't think the Jazz is, a, but, but I, I do think like in terms of teams that are probably going to struggle coming out of this break, what I would probably say, and and you know, I'll dabble in gambling here and here and there. I, I, uh, I know it's it's borderline unethical or whatever, but but Harrison isn't listening. There's no way he's listening right now. So, um, but. If I were if I were gambling on uh, the the NBA playoffs coming back, I would bet a lot of the unders, right? Because a lot of the guys haven't been able to shoot very yeah. much. Um, and then those teams that rely heavily on three point shots, uh, the Bucks come to mind, uh, the the Rockets come to mind, the uh, you know you, you kind of go down the line of all these teams that rely heavily on the three. And actually this kind of puts the Lakers in a spot where they might be able to benefit from all this because they haven't really relied heavily on the three point line, but those teams that relied heavily on the three point line, I actually think uh, it, they're, they're decent teams to fade come, you know, whatever playoff we, we, we eventually see. So, and then, you know, with the Nuggets specifically, Nikola Jokic might be 500 pounds by, so who knows what, what all this might look like i don't that's that's what that, that that's what i think it's it's kind of fun about it like you want to see this you want to see it it finish out and and play out the right way because and and that's the other thing too it's funny like you look back at the 2011 2012 season and the, and the 98 99 year uh when the spurs won way back then uh you know people were talking about oh you know there's an asterisk next to it this is, or but that was at the time now people have, have kind of forgotten about it because you're like no the spurs won in 99 the Heat won in 2012. That's just how you look at it. You don't really talk about it being a condensed season and weird scheduling. But that's where I'm looking at it from, too. It's like, okay, I don't want it to come back and be some sort of a circus where it's like, hey, we're going to have a, a, you know, a, a play, a, a one game, you know, a single elation, elimination tournament for uh, the, the seven and eight seed. And then we're going to go into the playoffs and do something weird. Like, just figure it out and, and do it in a way that you're at least going five, seven, 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 and, and letting the teams kind of figure out who the best is in the, in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, they need. I mean, when you when you kind of look back, and and eventually, you know, ten years down the line, we're probably going to look back on the season and be like, "Good lord, that season actually happened." Uh, but when you know, you kind of the starting point was the uh, initial controversy with uh, China, and then you had Kobe Bryant passing away, and then now you obviously you have all this coronavirus stuff. I I, I think the NBA is going to do whatever they can to make it so that people aren't able to just like easily find this season on wikipedia or or you know just just find some way to be able to find this quickly google 
what made this season different compared to other years. And and uh, the one way they can kind of help make that happen is to offer some kind of a definitive dis, uh, conclusion to whatever it was that, that happened this year. But, you know, there's there's going to be hoops to jump to to be able to make that happen. And uh, and who knows how they're able to pull that off. Did you watch the uh, did you watch the MJ documentary tonight? How yeah. Do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, let's uh, you know what? Let, let's let's take a short break. We'll jump into that uh, coming up here in about one minute. All right, and we are back, Anthony. You were mentioning the uh, the Last Dance documentary. I did, I did get to watch it. Uh, it's it's Michael Jordan, and I'm I'm, all, I'm I don't know. This is, might not be a popular thing to say, you know, with LeBron fans and Kobe fans, but to me, Michael Jordan is the goat and always will be. You know what I mean? I grew up in that age where where he was playing and and watching him at his best. Uh, that was just something I'll never forget. I think that's why I started loving the game of, of basketball as it is. But what what did you think about the uh, documentary overall? Well, so I, I guess I have two things. One, it really struck me how easily coolness came to MJ. You know, do you, do you understand what, like, like, like the, the concept of coolness? Like, there's a lot of guys who, like, try to be cool online or in their brand or whatever. But, like, coolness just came really easily to, to MJ. Did, am I, am I, do, you, do you understand, like, the yeah. concept of what I'm talking about there? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. And then um, I guess I guess really quickly, if you don't mind, I'll I'll tell the everybody has their MJ story. Um, and I remember I was like early teens. This this is this is like way back in the day. And uh, my family we we usually would go out to Tahoe every summer earlier in the summer. So we would be out there like June or July or whatever. And um, you know this for whatever reason the the year that we went this year. We went in August, and in August of uh, every summer, Jordan puts on or would put on in South Tahoe some kind of a uh, a celebrity program uh, golf tournament. And so we went there on a on a Wednesday, and uh, we're able to kind of you know follow around Jordan around the course, and then kind of wander around the course. We saw um, Emmett Smith. We saw. Uh, John Elway, we saw, you know, Aaron Rodgers before anybody had any idea what Aaron Rodgers was cap- was capable of. He was a really nice guy, That's and I remember, um, yeah, it was it was a while. It was, it was Jason Kidd was there, and this was back when uh, we were trying to convince Jason to be a Laker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was it was a, it was a it was a wild time, and so anyway, uh, Jordan was finishing. I want to say around like the fourth or fifth hole. In, and uh, we got there late-ish, and I wasn't able to to see him, like, make his putt on the fifth hole. And he was walking to the sixth hole, and, you know, you got, you got everybody, like, lining up and, you know, st- extending their hand. Hey, good luck, Mr. Jordan, and this and that. Uh, I wasn't even—we we got there too late to even do that, so I was way down the fairway, and he shanked. It was a practice round, so— he could. He, I think a lot of the guys there were 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 trying to try new things there, and so he shanks his drive, and he goes like, <laughs> basically like right over my head. A lot of the people in my in in the area that I was standing in like ducked. <laughs> you got like 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 <laughs> wild gasp <laughs> from everybody. He's like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> he, he hit an awful shot, just a terrible shot, and um, I remember he hits a shot and it goes right over my head. 
And and my first thought was, holy shit, I can't believe I almost got killed by Michael Jordan. And then like the next thing that I thought was, oh my god, this guy's gonna walk right towards me. So he walks off the 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 driver's box, basically right to me. And and uh and and then you know as he's walking to me, there's a bunch of I, I put this story on Twitter. I'm sorry for those of you who have overlap here, but like there's this there, there's a bunch of like guys who uh, try to like swarm me and move me out of the spot because he was walking directly towards me. Jordan walks up, tells all those guys, hey, easy guys, like just calm down. I promise I'll get to you eventually, but just move off. You guys are going to stampede this dude who's like suffocating under you. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> just, just like <laughs> at the bottom of the pile, you know, like, and so he like walks over to me, puts his hand around my shoulder and we walk to his ball and um, it was a practice round. So we saw I had seen previously that like usually caddies have the bag around them, you know, they're walking them, but everybody's playing in carts. So uh, so I saw his bag in a cart and I was like. Holy, sh- it was a beautiful thing. It was like this navy blue bag with a Carolina blue trim with like a giant uh, Jordan symbol on it. It was gorgeous, just like an absolutely beautiful bag. And he had pings in there and and, and he happened to be playing the same pings that my dad had. And so I, I asked him, I was like, hey, like, how do you, how do you, my dad plays these same clubs. How do you feel about them? And he was like, well, well, what do you think? How do, how do you feel about them? And I go, well, you almost killed me with a ball. So uh, not great, Bob, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and like uh, so in his same group, Ahmad Rashad was in that same group. And he kind of looks at Ahmad and he goes, like, this, uh, this MF or I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this. Sorry, Harrison. So he goes like this MF or and they like have this like chuckle over it. They laugh. And then Michael and I walk basically down the fairway to his ball. And it was like this incredible moment. And it was kind of the moment that I decided, you know what? I think I want to try to get into sports media because I was not intimidated by Michael. Uh, Ahmad was sitting there, and then obviously, like I, I, I gotten the, I was able to talk to Jason Kidd and uh, Emmett Smith and um, John Elway and and Aaron Rodgers. Like uh, I think Tony Romo was also there too. Uh, Vinny Del Negro was there, and I didn't know who he was. So I offered up my, like my brochure that he was supposed to sign and I opened it up to the wrong page. So like the, the fact that I was not nervous about this was just like that was that was a sign that I was eventually supposed to do whatever it is that you and I are trying to do. Um, but I remember specifically how cool it was, how cool MJ was. And, and that kind of gets back to what we were talking about earlier, that that it came easy to MJ how cool like the the concept of coolness was and i don't yeah. know if you ever had had any kind of experience with him or whatever but he's just he's just he's so effing cool and and i think sports kind of lacks that nowadays yeah, I mean, you know, and I think that what comes because it's interesting. I mean, I grew up in in Canada, so I mean, you know, we didn't have access like that. But I mean, for me, this a very similar thing happened with Wayne Gretzky, right? Even if you're a hockey fan or not, you know who Wayne Gretzky is. And um, I was on; they were they were playing there. They were doing like a, a pro am thing in in one of the courses in Vancouver, 
And one of my cousin's good friends was the one of the security guards. And so he originally worked at um, General Motors Place, which is where the Grizzlies and the, and the Canucks played. And so he was hired to, to do it there at the, uh, at the golf course. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you guys can come by the rope. And so basically I'm sitting next to Wayne Gretzky, 15 years old, um, you know, have peach fuzz mustache growing on, looking like uh, somewhere between a somewhere between a 52 year old Indian guy and a, and a 12 year old kid, somewhere somewhere mixed in between the two, right? And um, we end up I end up walking two holes with with Wayne Gretzky while he's shooting, and it was the same thing with him, like the different kind of cool, but the niceness and the easygoingness. There was no um, he wasn't fake, he wasn't being overly guarded, he wasn't being overly. Uh, protective, and I think I, I see that with um, with uh, with Michael Jordan too. Michael Jordan has always been the epitome of cool to me because he's real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there, there's no real. Uh, it's not a it's not a an act. He's not putting on a, a a performance of showing like, oh, I'm Michael Jordan. I'm this and that. He just yo, I'm me. And everybody else, like you know, he was talking during the documentary. He's like, yeah, you know, when he's talking about the the '97 season that started off with Pippen being hurt. And how the team was struggling. He's like, yo, I need to have my voice heard. I, I need to be the loudest guy in the room. And I got to I got to start challenging these guys. And and I actually thought about that while I was watching it. I'm like, because I played, you know, college basketball growing up, played on some club teams, um, traveled around. And yeah, don't get me wrong. High school. I'm the best player on my team. I go to college. My first year, I'm playing two minutes a game, you know, barely getting off the bench. And you have to learn how to how to be around players like that players who are that good and you're like yo i mean at the same time you're like yo you know i would have the attitude like nobody's gonna talk down to me but i'm gonna listen to you and i think that that's what i like about michael kobe had that you know what i mean in his own way shaq's cool in his fun loving way but i don't think he had that same kind of presence as as michael did and and, and to the same degree kobe bryant as well yeah i'm i i think um it, it's it's funny when er, early in kobe's career the kind of impersonation that he was trying to pull off with Michael was this like kind of weird thing, you know, um, people understand what was going on at the time, but, you know, having seen Michael and then seen, uh, how hard people have pushed or, or, or companies have pushed the idea of like, who's the next Michael. It's pretty effing insane how close Kobe came to the amount of coolness that Michael portrayed. Like it's, it's, it's pretty astonishing really that Kobe basically set out at at like 17 years old. He said, you know what, if I'm going to be successful in basketball, like not only is it going to be, um, not only, not only am I going to set out to be as successful as Michael was in terms of basketball, but I also want to pursue that level of coolness. And the fact that Kobe came close is probably one of Kobe's most underrated accomplishments um, in a career that, you know, for a really long time was one of the more underrated careers in the history of the sport. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I think Kobe, Kobe grew into that, right? And I, and I think, you know, and like you mentioned, I mean, when he came in, I, I think a little bit of it was a, was, a, was a struggle for him. And I think he was trying to figure himself out. And, and he did. I mean, a lot of it was uh, his movement, his, his, uh, the way he played his game. And, and I remember Mike saying that at, um, at Kobe's, um, you know, the, the funeral that they had at, uh, at Staples Center where he's like, yeah, you know, this yeah. guy would, would bother me all the time about, yeah. you know, what should I do and how should I be? And it's like he picked up on that. But then I think as Kobe grew into a man and, and grew into being a father, I think he, um, you know, then then he started kind of catching him and knowing who he was. And I think that when he was able to do that, I think that made him more endearing as he got older than it was maybe his first four or five years in the league. Right. I mean, I'm, 
are you are in terms of siblings do you have do you are you are, i'm the oldest brother how are you where, where are you at in your family? i'm the i got i got two older sisters so i am the youngest. oh man yeah i'm the brat, <laughs> I'm the brat of the family totally. that's right um but we like i i because i'm 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 the oldest brother and then uh not only that like my wife is also the oldest uh sibling in her family so i'm a bit of an older brother you know figure to to uh her sister as well so i've always just kind of been that older brother older sibling uh who's kind of looked on you know to to endow wisdom which you know kind of explains how screwed up our world is right now but um i remember you know he was talking about how uh kobe was like you know emulating his fade away and and his fashion and and this and that and the other and how Michael looked at Kobe as like this younger brother who was like just trying way too hard to be him. Um, but the fact that Michael said that endearingly is just again, like it's tough because we obviously lost Kobe too soon. But but when you consider how special Kobe was as a person, that you had one of the coldest MFers in the history of the sport breaking down publicly talking about how much kobe meant to him and then you you kind of go through watching this new documentary here where we find out that actually michael is even colder than we thought and you know you add all this together and and you know we're missing kobe was already something that a lot of us are going through together but but then you add to that like how much kobe seemed to mean to michael and how much of michael lived on in kobe um, I hope I, I do, even while, while Michael was a flawed character and is not the kind of leader that you want probably in 2020, I do really hope that we get somebody who carries on Michael's persona and then Kobe's persona. And and eventually we get to a I, I think like Jimmy Butler or, or uh, Russell Westbrook are good examples of just like F you, I am me that that attitude that approach to life is very important and i hope uh this this michael documentary kind of reminds people how valuable it is to just be just be confident of, of in who you are as a person yeah and you and you're right and i think a lot of that i think a lot of that comes you know i think with age too like i look back at i look back at some of the stuff you know i used to maybe think was important and and the people around me thought were important when you're you know 19 20 21 22 and you look back, you're like, man, who gives a crap? You know what I mean? Like, why right. would we? Why do we even think about that stuff being important? So it, it's funny to see it uh, from that perspective. From a basketball perspective, let's get into this. I've always, I'm always fascinated with that. I know you'll never get the right answer, and that's kind of the fun part because people will will argue until they're blue in the face that they're right, but there's no way of actually verifying that. Um, it, and it's a shame because. Who knows if Jerry uh, Jerry Krause wasn't such a stubborn st stubborn guy and 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 uh, obviously craving attention, um, maybe we would have gotten to see uh, a, a, a Bulls Lakers final at some point. But how do you think those teams match up? Like the '96 Bulls or even the '97 '98 Bulls against the the 2000 Lakers? Like how do you think those would have matched up on the court if we got to see it in a seven game series? Well, you had. Luke Longley going up against Shaq, so yeah. probably yeah. not great. <laughs> so you think um, the Lakers would have beat the the '96 Bulls? Oh yeah, I I think they wipe I not not wipe the floor with them, but I think I think uh, they win pretty soundly. Um, by that point, I think 
you know, it's kind of funny. Phil Jackson likes to make fun of modern teams and modern offenses and, and their reliance on the three-point shot. Uh, but he was one of the first coaches to recognize uh, Robert Ory's value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that Robert Ory won a bunch of titles as a, you know, stretch four uh, kind of player. So uh, I, I think, you know, you, you put Shaq against... Like they're the technically speaking, that Bulls team's best center was probably Rodman, but he can't guard Shaq. And they have to they have to double off of him. And by that time, the Lakers understood how to take advantage of the other team having to double Shaq. So you had, you know, kind of four out teams. You had Shaq surrounded by Kobe and Fisher and Fox and Ori, or you know, you know, Brian Shaw was in there too. So I think, you know, I think by that time, Shaq either takes takes advantage of those Chicago teams or uh, the Lakers are able to take advantage of Chicago having to double against the uh, against Shaq. Do, do you do you disagree? I don't, you know what I was thinking about that while while I was watching it. I because I, I was asked this too for for uh, uh, for the Warriors, like who do you think would win the 2016-17 Warriors or the Bulls? And I'm like, oh, that's just too hard to answer because the eras were so different and the rules are so different. You know what I mean? That yeah. that that's that's just way tough for me to answer. But I mean, these two teams, I don't know. I, I think it would come down to, and I, I'm I'm trying to look at it from a perspective of Kobe, although he was very very good back then, wasn't at the greatness level that he was at. Um, you know, by the time we got to the mid to to late, you know, the first part of the uh, the century, the first uh, decade there, but um, I agree with you. I think Shaq would would dominate. I mean, put up forty and fifteen a night. I don't. I don't think anybody would would stop him from doing that. But then I also look at it like, okay, how how do you stop? Who's going to stop Jordan from scoring? You know what I mean? And who's going to? I think Jordan puts up forty a game himself, anyways, at that time. So I, I think it goes to seven, and I'm going to be that guy who does the the very arbitral thing and just goes, oh well, you know, I don't I don't know. I think it would just go to game seven, but I don't know. Depending on the night, depending on the, where the game was, I, I think that's what it would it would come down to for a game seven. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't think I think if you're talking like objectively, the only wrong answer you could offer here is like one team soundly beats the other, you know, yeah. one team just whoops, you know, beats the hell out of the other. I don't I think that's the only that's the only answer that is objectively wrong. Um, but I at some point in our lifetime, I hope they figure out a way to answer these questions, because uh, the the. <laughs> I, I hope I, I guess Twitter's hoping that they, they, they don't eventually actually answer those questions because so much of Twitter is well, made off of <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah idiots <laughs> like us trying to find some way to, to answer these things. Um, but but you know, also it'd be fun to actually know these definitively and, and be able to watch those matchups uh, as they happen in real time. Yeah, well, NBA 2K is not going to give us an answer because I know sometimes when I do, like, random teams and I get stuck with, like, the a, a team from the 90s and you have, like, three guys with the last name Davis and Williams on your bench and they're all, like, rated, like, 64. So I don't think yeah. NBA 2K is a good way. Although maybe a guy like Judd Busher would have been a 64 anyways. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I think it's... I don't think it's something we're going to get to answer, but I looked at how, how those teams would match up, and I'm, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, man, I, I don't know who would who would who would win that win that series, and and I guess that's a beautiful part about sports. So that's why I think we're missing it is we're not gonna, we're not getting to answer real time questions anymore right now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think maybe that's best for sport because you know if we actually got definitive answers, 
who knows what we would talk to each other about otherwise. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, getting it, getting to to relive this thing and and the the event that that uh, this documentary was, you know, being able to to watch something together that wasn't horse. Uh, that was fun. It was it was it was a good time tonight. You mean to watch something that that's not uh, a, a six second leg and all this other other stuff that was happening? <laughs> I, I was I didn't mind. Like, don't get me wrong, I wasn't thrilled because I'm not a big esports guy. I wasn't thrilled watching the the 2K between the players, but I watched it. You know, it was just something different to do. But the horse thing, I was like, nah, this is not. And it almost made me think of what's it going to be like playing without fans? Like, if they do decide to play without fans, that's going to be so weird to watch. You know what? I'll take it at this point, but it's going to be so weird to watch. Yeah, I I, I can't. Um... When, when they were talking about, you know, well, first we're going to start NBA players playing against each other in 2K. That was not something I was very interested in. And then uh, they said horse. And uh, I think Trey Young started out horse by shooting a free throw. So I was like, all right, cool. I get to take another week off of, of caring about this stuff. Uh, but but actually, like, getting getting to watch this MJ doc together, even while it's flawed, like, and this is something that we all probably should have known MJ wasn't going to let this thing uh, paint him in too negative a light, but but you know, still being able to en- enjoy this together and then and then hop on here uh, to talk to you, uh, you know, about it was was it was it was a fun evening. It was it was the closest thing that we've really seen to getting basketball back. And then you know, you combine that with uh, the optimism that I think probably should exist for everybody. In the fact that I think the NBA really wants basketball back in some way, shape, or form, uh, and and it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good night. It was a good uh, weekend for basketball fans. Yeah, you know, you're right. This was I, I was actually I was thinking that before too, before we started that. Hey, you know what? This is the. This actually felt like a normal day today. Everybody was watching the same thing. You know, specifically from the sports world. Not saying everybody, but uh, you know, people were watching it and. And I'm interested to see what the ratings are going to be tomorrow for on ESPN when when, when it does come out. But um, yeah, it actually felt like a normal day today, so I was I was glad that we, that we got to share this experience. And and we're gonna we'll do it all again next week after after the next two episodes air. Uh, make sure you're staying safe out there, man. And thanks thanks for taking the time out to do this. Anytime, man. I, I've I've really enjoyed uh, the the last couple of weeks, and uh, it it appears this is going to be the setup moving forward. Uh, me here with you on Sunday nights for for Monday episodes, and then eventually uh wednesday nights with sabrina for for thursday episodes it's a uh, it's good times here at the uh, silver skin and roll podcast feed yeah we got you know what we were we've got a good team going man and, and and like you mentioned we got we got different podcasts coming out throughout the week i know our schedules changed a little bit with with the hiatus right now but uh the team of writers that we have the team of uh hosts that we have and the team of people coming on it, it's been so cool to see and how, and how much this has grown especially over the last uh, last couple of seasons Absolutely, and 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 uh, nowhere to go for but but up from here. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, you know what? Really, literally in life right now, I think a lot of us are in that boat <laughs> that we don't have any anywhere to go uh, but up from here. But uh, yep. again, man, thanks again for doing it. I'll then you'll be on the next episode next week. All right. We'll talk to you in a week. All right. That's Anthony Irwin. You can check him out on Twitter as well at Anthony F Irwin. Uh, always putting up some funny, funny stuff and very opinionated, man. Might I add as well? Don't forget. Subscribe to our podcast network. As I mentioned, we got different shows coming out throughout the week. Like I said, we are in a little bit of a different uh, different programming right now, just just with everything going on. But usually three to four times, we're getting new podcasts up, and that's a Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Uh, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it. We are there, and of course, SilverScreenRoll.com. 
for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. Me and Anthony will be back together again next week.